2: This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal
1: Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, former venture capitalist at the United Sticky Fingers of California Bank. Uh, not really. Are you worried about your banking? That's the big news for today, and uh, I'm gonna, I am going gonna—I don't think you need to worry. Uh, most of you, maybe some of you are a little bit worried with good reason, but I think most of us don't need to, but you never know. It looks like we have another banking problem. Trying to play a clip there. Uh, let me try again. Here we go.
0: $100 check from my grandma, and my dad said I need to put it in the bank so it can grow over the years. Well, that's fantastic. A really smart decision, young man. We can put that check in a money market mutual fund. Then we'll reinvest the earnings into foreign currency accounts with compounding interest, and it's gone. Uh, what? It's gone. It's all gone. What's all gone? The money in your account. It didn't do too well. It's gone.
3: What do you mean? I I have $100.
1: Not anymore, you don't. Poof. That was a clip from South Park uh, cartoon that, uh, you know, it's a little rough, that cartoon, but it makes some points. That came actually out in the financial crisis. I guess that's what we're calling it now. I keep hearing people referring to the, what we called at one point, the Great Recession, the financial crisis of 2008 and nine, that period of time. And uh, at that period of time, it's a little different because your money was gone. Hopefully in this case, depositors' money is actually just tied up in securities and other things. And that's why the government is saying that the taxpayers won't be on the hook for it. But we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. So here's a few things about it that uh, you need to know and maybe some thoughts about it. Are you worried about your banking? Do things like this cause you to feel like you can't take some risks? You know, there are unwise risks, but risk-taking is something that actually is... There's even a scripture about it that makes it a really good thing to do with your money, but you got to be wise about it. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. During last Friday's show, I remember when I saw the news hit about this. By the way, you can join our conversation. This is Southern California Live. You can call us at 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation and uh, just talk about how you're feeling about all this. Does it frighten you? Is it something you're not worried about? Um, 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. During last Friday's show, the news hit about the Silicon Valley Bank's sudden demise. And since then, Signature Bank is down. And today, uh, Monday, the Securities and Exchange Commission halted and resumed trading on shares of the San Francisco-based First Republic Bank, Western Alliance Bank Corporation, and PacWest Bancor. Um At one point during the day, First Republic was down, their stock price was down more than 70 percent, Western Alliance 80 percent and PacWest 55%. Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary, uh, said that she, what she wants to do is emphasize that the American banking system is really safe and well capitalized, she said. And uh, I hope that that is, is true. She went on to explain that the Biden administration is working to stop contagion so that this doesn't affect other banks. And that's the that's the concern, right? The concern is that a couple of banks have failed and that investors or people with deposits are going to go to their bank and start pulling out their money. And the contagion is, is your bank might be just fine, but if everybody pulls out their money, then the banks start to have liquidity problems uh, just like uh, Silicon Valley Bank did. This is Janet Yellen talking about this.
4: Look, let me just say that we want to make sure that the troubles... That exist at one bank don't create contagion uh, to others that are sound and um, a goal always of supervision and regulation is to make sure that contagion can't uh, can't occur.
1: So that's the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen uh, who's not doing a lot of yelling she's just trying to calmly tell us that uh, the federal government is trying to work hard to make sure that people don't panic and uh, start taking their money out of uh, all of their banks. And it seems like today was a fairly good day on that. You know, the hard part, I think, for these things is it's unknown, right? And that's just something that's part of life. There was nobody until Thursday talking about Silicon Valley Bank going down. And it seemed to come out of nowhere. There, This is what seemed to happen back in 2008, if you remember, and Lehman was all of a sudden gone. And then there was one after another going down. And You know, I don't think that the week before there was a lot of people uh, talking about it. And, you know, that is part of the uncertainty that we live in in this world. And it says a lot about where you put your hope, doesn't it? You know, I think that for a lot of us, our hope is in our finances. Our hope is in, I hope I have enough money in the bank. I hope that I'm going to be able to have enough money at a different period of time. And, you know, you have to pay attention to that. You have to be responsible and you have to be wise in all of that. Um But there's nothing that's guaranteed, and that's something that, as Christians, I think we have to make sure we recognize is, you know, when we say our hope is in Christ, it's not just something that we say, and it's sort of a religious thing to say. There is something that is very concrete reality about your hope being in Christ, that this is the hope that cannot be taken away, that whatever else comes in your life, your hope in Christ is going to stay. You know, that's that's why we sing it as well with my soul. It's why a song like that where a guy loses everything and still says it's well with his soul, it's why that, that song resonates so well because at different times in our life we lose things and we lose things unexpectedly, things that matter to us. Sometimes it's financial, sometimes we lose a loved one, sometimes we lose an opportunity, sometimes we flunk out of school, sometimes we just have a job come to an end or something that we are excited about uh, gets rained out or just doesn't really happen. So I'm trying to figure out a best way to simplify what's going on here. And the best way I can explain it, and uh, maybe you've got an idea and uh, you're in the financial world and you can you can share it with us in a way that a layperson will understand. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You ever watch that show Shark Tank? I, I think Shark Tank is... I don't watch a lot of network television, I guess. But of the shows that I've seen, this is one of the best TV shows ever. The reason I like it is because of the reality of it. So what Shark Tank is, is up front you have these investors. They're real-life investors. They're real-life people who are going to potentially invest their real personal money. They're not investing show money or advertiser money. They are uh, people who will fund your company because they believe in it. Um, not because they're necessarily generous, but because they believe they're going to make money off of your idea or your company or your products. Okay, So they're going to come alongside with you and give you the cash to make your business very successful. And you, if it works out, you're very successful. They're very successful. Everybody makes money. And it's something that works really well uh, in our economy when it's done right. There's a certain amount of risk there, of course your product might not sell very well, or there might be some problem later, or maybe the patent doesn't come through. There's different, there's different issues. Anyway, so you have four or five people up front who are wealthy investors. And then what happens on the show is the contestant, for lack of a better word, it's, it's somebody who is proposing a business. It's somebody who is proposing uh, an idea, and they're looking for a financial partner to come alongside them. They they show you their business. They, they talk about their business. They talk about the product that they've invented or that they're marketing. And they are hoping for a certain amount of money uh, in exchange for a certain usually percentage of the company or percentage of the profits. Does that make sense? You know, so, you know, you have invented, you know, some kind of brand new ice cream product, and uh, you think it's better than all the rest of the ice cream products. And uh, you used to be, you know, Dippin' Dots it used to be the ice cream of the future. I noticed they took that away. Like if you go to a dip Dippin' Dots, it's no longer the ice cream of the future. It doesn't really make sense to be the ice cream of the future if it's here now. Anyway, so you have the real ice cream of the future, and you're going to propose uh, that you want to get it into uh, Walmart, and you want to sell it at Target, and you want to sell it in ice cream stores, or maybe you want to open up some stores. And you sit, you pitch the idea, and what you need is a million dollars. They'll give you a million dollars, and they'll come alongside, and in exchange for that million dollars, they get part of the profit. That's how this works. So now imagine that you go, you get your deal. You get your deal with one of the guys on that show, and then you invest some of your own money based on their word and the contract that you have with them that they're going to invest some money. But then all of a sudden, when you need their money, the cash isn't there. Like they have the money, but it's stuck in a Swiss bank account or it's stuck in United States treasuries or it's stuck somewhere in a bank account and they just don't have access to it. But your problem is, is that you need to pay employees. And your problem is, is your employees want to get paid on payday. How many of you are employees and how many of you expect to get paid on payday? And how many of you are going to keep your job and not look for another job if for some reason you're not getting paid on time? You don't stick around too long most of the time when that's happening, right? Right. So when you don't have the cash, even though the cash might technically be available, technically be there in accounts, if you don't have access to that cash when you need it, uh, you're going to go out of business. You're going to lose your employees. You're going to not be able to pay the rent. There's so many problems and it just compounds. Does this make sense? This is very simplistic, but this is what happened here. Okay. That the, all these small businesses went to the bank because they started to hear that maybe there's not enough money in the bank. It's not liquid or maybe something's going on. It might not even be true, but it's something that was triggered when an investor said, hey, you got to get your, your money out of here. And everybody went at the same time and they don't have enough cash because it's invested in different areas. It takes some time. Um, now, if you're a regular bank person uh, you, you have a bank account. You go to you know, your your local bank, your big bank, whatever it is. You notice there's a sticker on the window that says FDIC, okay? And uh, that is the Federal Depositors Insurance Corporation. And that means that your bank account, up to $250,000, is guaranteed by the federal government. So if your bank collapses, uh, you're going to get your money back up to $250,000. But what's happening here, according to Time Magazine, more than 85% – uh, Silicon Valley bank deposits were uninsured, meaning that man, if it's a lot of companies and a lot of big money, you can you can understand why. So two hundred if you have a million dollars in there and you have it all in the same account, well, $250,000 is guaranteed by the government, but the other $750,000 isn't. And that is the case of what we're seeing here. So there's a lot of frustration because of that. So many Silicon Valley startups had, had millions of dollars or hundreds of million dollars in some cases deposited in that bank money that they used to run their companies and pay their employees and that money was not available. And that's the problem. I find it really interesting, the whole FDIC thing, right? That, and I guess you, when you have that kind of money, I'm not used to dealing with millions of dollars myself, right? I've never had this problem. <laughs> I know somebody who got a letter one time, uh, the bank telling them that they had too much money in their checking account, uh, that's a nice letter to get, I suppose. It's it's a good problem to have. Anyway, um, most of your bank accounts are are secured. You know, in a, in a major collapse, if something were to happen, you would probably have uh, you'd have your money. You just might not get it right away, but the government usually is pretty quick for regular folks at doing that. You got to be careful though, because occasionally you might have your money in something these days that doesn't have. That's uh, not backed by the government, the FDIC. Uh, PayPal, for example, and Venmo. Some of you use those apps; they're great apps. Venmo's a great app. I pay people a lot through that. You know, we do Little League uniforms, and and for some reason, I've paid a lot of vendors who come by the house for, you know, uh, contractors and things like that. Some people have a lot of money in that. You need to know that your money's not guaranteed in those apps, okay, by the government. So that if those apps go under for some reason. Uh, somebody decides to take all the money and move to Barbados, you, you're you out. You lose your money. Okay. Those apps are, are secured by their own version of the FDIC. It's Frank, Don, Izzy, and Carl, which are the intern IT guys at that company at Venmo. you got to be careful uh, about that. 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. Sherry in Pasadena, welcome to Southern California Live.
4: Hey there. Hi, Sherry. So hi so being in the banking business yes let help us out here for you this didn't all of a sudden happen banks are regulated by mm. the regulators audits are conducted and so forth so after the 2008 economic crash the banks were required to have a certain amount of liquidity available in case of emergencies such as COVID. right right when a lot of businesses went under so it's kind of a circle of life the bank lends out but the bank collects interest on you know, mortgage payments, okay, such like it's a wonderful life, right? Your mm-hmm. money's invested in and in A, B, and C. So this bank, unfortunately, unlike other banks where people, startup companies, especially tech companies, could not get the loans, they knew they could get it from the Silicon Valley Bank. Unfortunately, you're doing well, but if all of a sudden people stop paying Or businesses go under and that's what all of a sudden happened so apparently there was a crash in the economy of these startups or they weren't managed correctly or for whatever reason and that's what put the Silicon Valley Bank in trouble now when you're managing these accounts you're foreseeing or you're supposed to forecast these type of problems so I don't know what happened with management and why all of management was let go. But apparently, this wasn't all of a sudden. These things don't happen all of a sudden. Right.
1: There's always a reason. uh, Um, When I say all of a sudden, I mean people didn't, at least the larger number of people didn't see it coming right away, even though it's been brewing for a long time.
4: It is, but it's not reported to the public. We're the last ones to know. Right. The bank knows. The bank knows what it's doing wrong, and it's given a certain amount of time. To reevaluate to correct the situation, but in certain circumstances when there's no way out or no correction uh, for whatever reason, and I believe that a bunch of the startup companies just failed all of a sudden. Um, as I said, they couldn't get loans anywhere else, and these people give them those type of loans. Other banks are known for giving like the film industry loans or or certain types. Of of businesses loans right so that's not out of the ordinary, but they didn't manage their their money correctly. That's they what they didn't. Uh... They didn't underwrite. You know, every startup company is different, and you have to write underwrite according to that risk. And so it seems that they just took a, a gamble on all of it.
1: Do you know how it works? With what I'm hearing, and there's a lot of blame going around. Okay, um, what I'm hearing is that they had. Too much more uh, investment into United States treasuries, far more than other similar banks, and that because of the rapid increase in interest rates, uh, the money that they had in there is no longer as valuable as it once was, and they couldn't get it out oh. fast enough to meet this run on the bank. So the, the money might exist, but they don't have access to it, and that's the mismanagement. Does that make sense?
4: That makes sense, but you never put your eggs in one basket. I learned a long time ago uh, for my own personal 401K with a particular bank that I used to work for. They invest it for you, but I was losing all the time. So Mm. until I took that money out and invested it myself and did a historical analysis of what was working, all of a sudden, guess what? I was making lots of money.
1: Yep, and that uh, is, I uh, think, I think that's really good (laughs) advice, the eggs in one basket. Uh, thank you, yeah. Sherry, for uh, helping us out with that. And uh, also, incidentally, um, maybe I'll flush it out a little bit later. But that's the biblical advice. Did you know that uh, Ecclesiastes chapter eleven? There's not a lot in the Bible actually about saving money or investing money. Usually, it is about you know giving it away and trusting God and taking care of the poor, and that's all good. But it also the Bible doesn't ignore the fact that you've got to have business and you have to have investment, and economies have to work. And it doesn't ignore the fact that if you are able to be a wise investor, then you have more money to give away to the poor and to help people. Uh, Ecclesiastes 11, ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. And the idea is, is that you don't just invest in one ship. You don't put all of your grain on one ship. So the idea is you could cook, you, you grow enough grain for your family to feed your family and your your the people who might work for you. But if you have extra, you invest it, you sell it, and you give it to somebody who's going to take your grain and take it across the sea. Well, you don't want to give it to just one guy because the ship might sink or maybe he's going to steal it, right? You don't know. So you give it to multiple different ships because some of them might make it and some of them won't. And at least you won't lose everything. And uh, that's how you make money. That's the that's the biblical advice. It's very solid, and it's lasted uh, thousands of years. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, we're talking about the uh, banking failures, Silicon Valley Bank and others, 888-528-2557. Eric in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Hi, Eric.
2: Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Oh, hi. Thanks. Um, Unfortunately, I think this may be a, a bigger issue because my understanding is as part of COVID relief, the Federal Reserve reduced the capital requirements for banks. They were, you know, the amount of reserves that banks had for a long time to prevent this very type of thing they did away
0: with in response to covid
1: is that the uh, the 2018 uh change there's there's one in 2018 which is pre-covid where uh there was uh i believe uh less oversight that was required there's a lot of a lot of oversight after the financial collapse of 2008 and some of it was relaxed in 2018 and some people are blaming uh, i'm going to get to this in a second here the different people that get, are getting blamed for this is that what you're talking to are talking about uh
2: no i am talking about the legislation where everybody got the twelve hundred dollars checks
1: that oh. was buried
2: in there
1: oh i see well that could be it i haven't seen that but uh you know i think that that these things get pretty complex right and all of that money and everything we did during the covid it's a massive massive amount of money it's trillions of dollars um and it, it has to have an effect in one way or another Eric, thank you for your call, calling Southern California Live. Rachel in Orange County, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Hi, Rachel.
3: Oh, yes. Um, So, um, you know, on on that topic, uh, me and my husband recently are considering just taking our money out as well um, of our bank. And maybe just investing in, in real estate and kind of making, you know, the bank of, you know, Rachel and Dave, <laughs> as opposed to having the bank play play with our money. Um, I think that's a kind of a, a, an, an option I see a lot of my friends doing lately. They have a little bit and they're pulling it out and, and investing in real estate. I love that verse you mentioned in Ecclesiastes. Um very wise man who wrote that and um it's great advice. So we're actually uh in the process of, of doing the same and uh who knows you know it uh, starts with one bank and then trickles down to the other banks.
1: Well, hopefully that won't happen but uh you know this is how banking works so it's it's not uh you know terrible the banks are doing that in general but they can have some pretty bad investments and uh some bad policies that lead to this kind of thing. Uh, that is for sure Correct. make, make yes. sure you talk to somebody to give you some advice on that I'm not a financial uh, you know advisor um, but right. uh, real estate is long term you know probably a very good investment. right
3: well I, we were told that actually that is your that from financial advisor that that is your best uh, investment
1: yep yeah, that it was
3: real estate
1: that so. is what I am told as well thank you Rachel very much and good luck with all of that thank and you. Uh, keep being wise God bless. All right. When we come back, uh, we'll keep talking about this. I want to talk about the blame thing and, uh, and the wise investing. And, you know, in all of this, you know, hopefully this is going to end right here, right? We're not going to have another major crisis. Um, we don't know. I think that's part of the, the thing that makes everybody nervous. But um, what do you do? Where do you really place your hope? You know, after you're done figuring out who to blame for when things go wrong, where do you put your hope? How do you do this? We'll talk about some different things with that as soon as we get back. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Ferrell, your host. I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. We're talking about the uh, bank failures, and uh, there's a lot of blame game going on, as you can imagine. And, you know, I'm curious, and I don't really know. I don't know that we're going to discover it, but there's going to obviously be the political parties, of course, blaming each other. The Democrats will blame the Republicans and the Republicans will blame the Democrats. And they'll find reasons to do that. At the end of the day, we really need to find out what is going on in the bigger case of things long term. As one of our callers in the last uh, segment said, Uh, this has been going on, in her opinion, since 2008. And just some of the result of the different Um, policies and things that banks do. President Biden uh, blamed his predecessor today. During
0: the Obama-Biden administration, we put in place tough requirements on banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, including the Dodd-Frank law to make sure that the crisis we saw in 2008 would not happen again. Unfortunately, the last administration rolled back some of these requirements.
1: Uh, That was uh, the president and some other Democrats are joining him. Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders uh, joining him. But not everybody agrees. This is uh, Congressman uh, Roe Kiana from California. Now,
0: here's the thing. It's not going to cost taxpayers money because if you look at the financials of SBB, Mm -hmm. they have the assets. They have the assets. They don't have the liquidity. What happened is they had these long-term treasury bonds. And then the Fed hiked interest rates very, very fast. Mm-hmm. We can debate the, right. the wisdom of that. And they were uh, – this was the, the cause. Those those assets still have value. We need the liquidity. Now, there may have been mismanagement, and we could get into that. But right now, the key thing is for the depositors to have access to those accounts.
1: He's reassuring that uh, if you've got depositors in your account, you'll probably get your money back because the money exists, he says. He's blaming um, – Uh, The bank itself, he's blaming the Fed and the fast rise of interest rates. According to Politico, remember Barney Frank, Democrat Barney Frank? He used to be a congressman from Massachusetts. And uh, after he left Congress, uh, he he was the chair of the House Financial Services Committee in the global financial crisis of 2008. And he wrote the rules uh, that were enacted in 2010. He's the guy who wrote them. Um, He recently, interestingly enough, served on the board of New York Signature Bank that regulators shut down yesterday. And his blame is he blames Signature's failure on the panic that began with last year's cryptocurrency collapse. Remember the FTX thing? I don't even follow the cryptocurrency well enough to even explain it, except that there's a guy who apparently they weren't keeping any books at all, billions of dollars in cryptocurrency, and it disappeared. And he blames it on that. He said uh, he actually disputes the that the regulatory rollback signed by uh, Donald Trump in 2018, which was bipartisan, by the way. Uh, There were certainly there were Democrats and Republicans against it, but there were Democrats and Republicans that were for it. Uh, He says it had nothing to do with it. Um, He said, quote, I think if it hadn't been for FTX and the extreme nervousness about crypto, this would have never happened to SVB or to us, he said. And that wasn't something that could have been anticipated by regulators. And, uh, you know, I think it's really interesting to see so many different uh, points of view. And and what I try to do is cut through what's just, you know, political blame gaming and where does the fault actually lie? Doesn't some of the fault regardless of the regulations deal with the people who are running the bank? That's what I would think. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. David in Culver City, welcome to Southern California Live.
2: You know, this is something I actually know something about.
1: All right, let's hear it. What are your Um, thoughts, David?
2: Here's my thoughts. You can't blame anybody. Nobody's at fault. Banks get money. And they have to do something with the money to make money to pay different people that expect interest on their accounts. And that, they like to make money because they want to make profit. That's right. So they take, When a company like Roku has $500 million in cash, they put it in the bank. There's nowhere else to put it. Yeah. And when the bank, the bank invests in safe assets, the, they invest in long-term treasury bonds, which do not go down in value unless the United States defaults on its debt. But when interest rates go up and a lot of people want their money and they're holding these assets and they have to sell the bond, which at, at 10 years, the bond will pay off. But if they have to sell it now because interest rates are higher, the bond is worth less. Yeah. And, you know, this bank, this bank was audited by KMPG at the beginning of March. Mm. So, now, so they didn't find anything.
1: Do you bond? know about that audit? So they didn't, they didn't put out yeah, any warnings or anything? You.
2: No, no, because the problem is the bank is sound fiscally until people started wanting their money out. Yeah. And nobody and the FDIC is protecting all everybody that had two hundred fifty thousand dollars and you have nothing to worry about. But these large companies have no other place to park money. Where do you put money? Right. You can't give me up five hundred million dollars by two hundred fifty thousand into what? You know 20 banks right you can't do that and you know i think what has to happen is the government has to and the government's stepping in to protect these companies now anyhow because they have to make payroll and they don't want you know all these companies to go under
1: yeah
2: they thought they didn't it's not like ecclesiastes says don't put all your money in one place you, if you have 500 million dollars like roku what are you going to do with it you have to put it in the bank there's no safe place i know that on the radio they advertise gold gold is worth only if it goes up in value otherwise it's, it doesn't gold doesn't spin off dividends and besides which if you redeem your gold where are you going to spend it who's going to take gold at the grocery store or at, uh, or, or at the southern california gas gold is not a particularly uh, safe asset only if the whole economy goes to hell and you're bartering with people ordinarily or gold is no protection so banks are the safest place to keep your money, and especially for most people that have two hundred fifty thousand or less.
1: Yeah, there's not really Even another option, money- is there? For for companies, uh, no, for, there's really not. No. Other than U.S. Treasuries, you can you could put a lot in there. That's where the bank puts it uh, often, right? Um, of
2: course, and then when you want it, but if you have to redeem U.S. Treasuries before the term runs out and the interest rate is shot up. They're worth less to yeah. redeem right now. That's right. If you hold them to term, you don't lose anything. So, you know, I don't. I honestly don't think there's anybody to blame here. You know, it's just like it's a black swan event. It happened. Yeah. Interest rates shot up, and the bank wasn't acting irresponsibly. So, you know, maybe Congress, if they ever get their act together and start blaming each other, will come up with some way to protect large amounts of money that are safely invested.
1: Well, that, might, I, be the, that might be that might be the right thing blame. yeah david thank you for for that you know I think that david in in saying that there 's you know kind of nobody to blame like there's' there 's there's blame and there 's things to you investigate right when things happen, you investigate and you go back. but we waste a lot of time don 't we in trying to find people to blame when things like this happen, and you know sometimes maybe there is somebody to blame, but it maybe it 's an accident or maybe they just didn 't know there 's uncertainty if if somebody's right about the cryptocurrency collapse having something to do with it, well, nobody, I think, knows what that even means in the system, right? There's, And it seems to me it's a waste of time very often to, to just figure out who to blame. Can I ask you, just in, in your life, you know, do you spend a lot of time trying to figure out who to blame for things that maybe blame isn't really that important? You know, when crimes are committed and certain things, There's there's – you know, a reality for blame, right? There's a place for blame in the system. It's important. Um, But sometimes I think that we get bitter because we're looking for somebody to blame and they won't take responsibility and maybe they have responsibility or they don't. And uh, maybe they don't even know about it, uh, that you're blaming them. And, you know, it's a way that we get pretty bitter. And I think people can blame the government too, or blame, uh, companies or their banks. Um, you know, in mismanagement, it can be incompetence, but it can also just be we didn't expect to have the run on the bank. That's that's the contagion factor that the government is trying to prevent. Right? Is there might be nothing wrong with your bank, but if everybody decides to take their money out all of a sudden, your bank's going to have a problem because just like that movie, right? Uh, just like uh, Wonderful Life. Uh, well, your your mon- your banks, your money's not here; it's in Fred's house, and it's in Ethel's house, and it's in. see, that's how it works. And that's how the system works i don't think there's anything wrong with that um you know in the ecclesiastes passage you know he's uh um, david is right it's it's not talking about hundreds of millions of dollars but there's probably an application for that for businesses but ecclesiastes is really talking about uh individuals and what would be a small business right three thousand years ago you know there's i don't think there's any banks anyway uh you know and you're talking about investing grain and i think there is some wisdom to making sure that your eggs are not all in the same basket. I think that is, uh, for most of us, for our our money, that's something that we can do. It says, invest in seven ventures, yes, eight. Uh, You do not know what disaster might come upon the land. Uh, You know, it's a, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 14, it says, at the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. And it's talking about, uh, sharing with other people, other churches you know it 's an interesting thing about the currency of of kindness right You need to be kind to seven or eight people right that that kindness it's it 's not the reason to be kind. we should be kind to everybody, whether you get some kind of payback or not right but when you are kind to people, you find out that in your time of need, people are ready to be kind to you right there There is a kingdom of God currency in the behaviors that we are to have. And, you know, you have to deal with, you know, your motive. You shouldn't be kind to somebody just so that they'll be kind back, because if they're mean back, you're still supposed to be kind to them, right? That's what we are supposed to do. But, you know, something about life is you have to live your life and do the best you can and be kind to people and realize that sometimes things are going to be a problem and things are going to come along that you don't expect. I mean, uh, David said that that bank was audited at the beginning of this month, what, a couple of weeks ago, and they didn't see it happening. You know, I think that that's where they get the numbers. There are numbers put out about how much money is you know, invested in the treasuries and things like that. But um, somebody uh, decided that it wasn't safe and that caused this. You know, in your life, you just have to live life. Whatever your feelings are about these things, you know, don't let it get to you. Don't make decisions that are rash or that are unwise. Um, m- live your life and do the best you can with the information you have to make a wise decision, whether it's with money or relationships uh, or your job, other things, and do that. All right, I'm going to take a break. The uh, number is 888-528-2557 and 888-528-2557. Lots of things in the news. We'll talk about some of that when we get back. This is Southern California Live, Monday edition. We'll be right back. This is SoCal Live with
2: Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio
1: at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Monday afternoon. I hope that you're doing well. Do you enjoy your your life? I mean, you haven't enjoyed maybe everything about your life, but uh, do you enjoy your life? In the beginning of this hour, we talked about you know how you have to put your hope in Jesus Christ because... We're talking about the financial issues with the banks and the banks go under all of a sudden. And, you know, if your hope is in your bank account, uh, you might be having a hard day uh, if your uh, bank account or business is uh, not secured in uh, one of these banks. But one of my favorite about the uh, book of Ecclesiastes, which is one of my favorite books. But if you ever read Ecclesiastes, you got to read the whole thing. Okay, don't don't just read the first three or four chapters, you'll be depressed you got to read the entire book, all 12 chapters. I, whenever I preach on it, I call it the meaning of life because it does give that. It tells you what is meaningful and what isn't. And, you know, one of the things that you should have when you manage life is to know how to approach the world and the life that God has given you. And you have to have hope. Uh, Ecclesiastes 9, four: anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a live dog is better off than a dead lion, it says. See, there's there's always hope. Anyone who is among the living has hope. Most of you listening to this are among the living, I would guess. Uh, some of you may not, may not feel it quite well. I mean, it is Daylight Savings Weekend, and some of us are dragging pretty slow today. Uh, and I am, of course, you know. I mean, the hardest part of it is getting up at 2 in the morning to change the clock, and then you move it to 3, and then you can't get back to sleep, and then you don't get any sleep. Anyway, <laughs> uh, does anybody do that? I think you probably do. Uh, there, but there's always hope. Uh, I was in a uh, thing for my kids. It was a father-son event that I thought was just going to be a Nerf gun battle, which works for me because uh, I can just like find myself a place and I've got a really good Nerf gun and I can just kind of just keep shooting and I don't have to run that much. But it wasn't. It was an event that turned out to be capture the flag, dodgeball. Uh, there was Nerf gun thing, but there were really no boundaries you just and no trees to hide behind. It was in an open field. You just got to run around and some kind of relay race thing. And, uh, you know, I thought I might die uh, at that, but I was glad. <laughs> I'm glad that I didn't. And uh, my knees are still working and and all of that. These are things you, you, you think about later in life. You know, I like to tell people that uh, you're, you know, people ask me, you know, about different uh, decades that you live in. You know, and uh, your twenties are awesome. And then your thirties—you know—how do your thirties feel? Well, they feel just like your twenties. You just move a little slower. And your forties are awesome too. It's just that uh, it just hurts a little bit more than it did in your thirties. Uh, and on the—you know—as I get into the era of the fifties, uh, I'm pretty sure I'll be hospitalized at some point. But it's still wonderful. Life is just a a wonderful thing when you when you focus on your hope, being in what you can have hope for and have joy in today. And, you know, if you are listening, you might be at an age where you're getting older and you're thinking about things or you're having health problems or it, become, it does hurt more. Uh, maybe you're younger and you graduated from college and your major wasn't what you thought. You got into some job that you always thought you wanted to do and you hate hated. Uh, that happens. They say most people change their careers. Most young people today change their careers four times, four, before they're 30, and uh, in today's world, people who are older change their careers all throughout life. I don't know if we even have careers anymore. Um, Ecclesiastes tells us some great things in chapter 10 It says, always be clothed in white and always anoint your head with oil. What it means is, is you always take a look at the day for what it is. And you, you realize that, that today is something special that's gifted. And you might have a lot of problems and you might have some aches and pains, um, but you do your best with a good attitude to deal with it chapter, uh, verse 9, enjoy your life with your wife, whom you love all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun. They always use this meaningless term in there. That's what depresses you at first, because Solomon, who I believe wrote it, uh, who is, at any rate, it's a great teacher who wrote it, you know, he tried everything possible to find meaning in life. He tried wealth, he tried... Uh, love and sex he tries uh power he tries to build things he tries basically everything you know even drunkenness and and all of that he tries everything to try to find meaning and value and he finds it to be worthless and that's the beginning of the book and you might say he doesn't find it in wealth he doesn't find it in his relationships he doesn't find it in all the stuff well, what's life for but as you keep going on you realize that you know what he says this, for, your, for this is your lot in life and in your toilsome labor under the sun. If you're going, what you learn in this book is that if you're going to enjoy your life, then you can't let the things that you can't control, you can't let the things that you can't change, destroy the joy that you can have today. And that one of the best ways to get through life, through its ups and downs, is to enjoy today. Enjoy the things that you can do today. And, you know, it, it really matters. It's a great attitude to have, you know, and you have to do that because otherwise you you find yourself in a situation where you you miss out on the wonderful things that life can do. Some of you I know, you're going through a really tough time right now, and you are going through a time of hurt, relational hurt or physical hurt or or just fear about the future. Maybe there's so many things that we're told to be fearful about. And, you know, there's a reality that you see, by the way, throughout all of Scripture. You know, Scripture, the Bible, you know, some people get uncomfortable with it because it's so real. You ever hear somebody say the Bible's not relevant? No, actually, the Bible is super relevant. And you you learn things. You learn that, you know what, friendships are great. But sometimes you get hurt by your friends. And careers are great, and you should enjoy your your job, and that's good. But sometimes your employer can hurt you. Uh, or sometimes you just go out of business, right? Uh, You might like owning a business and being the boss, but sometimes you have to let people go who you really like, and that's hard. Marriage is wonderful, but sometimes it isn't. Sometimes you're going to have periods of time of pain, right? But if you want a life that's spotless and clean, if you want a life that nothing ever is going to go wrong, where everything's just going to be perfect, you have to recognize this, that if you don't realize that friendships are great, but sometimes you might get hurt and that children are the gift from God and they are wonderful, but sometimes they break your heart. Um, you know, that's one of the things that about the current generation that's going on is that they'll say, I, I want kids, but I don't want the problems, so I'm not going to have them. And you miss out on all of the joys because you're afraid of all of the hurts. Life requires us to... Get out there and trust the Lord, to trust the Lord and do the things that we really should have, you know, and really should do as much as we can. And the things that we just maybe can't do, well, you move on to the next thing. It is something that when you have it set in your mind that the joy that you have today is something that you should focus on and don't worry about the things that you can't change or can't do anything about. You know, I think that we spend a lot of times taking the things that we can't do anything about, that we can't change, just sort of wreck you know, the day. But find the things that give you joy. And if you're in a period of time where things are just going well for you, don't miss that. It's such a wonderful part of your life because you're going to go into a valley eventually. And I don't mean to be raining on your parade, but uh, that's just the way it is. That's the way life is. And if you're in that valley right now, you know what, keep pushing through it and each and every day, find a part of that day to enjoy. You know, we've had had all this rain and everything. Yesterday, Christy and I, uh, we went for a drive and we haven't done that for a while. I like to do that. You know, put me in the car and if I can just drive somewhere, I'll go a long way. I just love to do that. Well, we didn't do it for, for too long, but we went on a nice drive up and down the coast. And it's the first time really the sun's been out for an extended period of time for a while yesterday. And we went to part of the coast uh, that we haven't been to uh, or that we haven't been to for a long time. And we were only gone – we weren't gone that long. We just really didn't stay out more than a couple hours. And, of course, gas, you know, is $5, right? So you you cut the drive short these days. But I have to say that it was totally worth it to do that yesterday afternoon. I had a lot of chores to do. I had other things to do. I was grumpy because of daylight savings, you know, all those things. But you have to take some part of your day to do something that you enjoy. It's just an important thing. And if you're going through a valley, you're going through a hard time, go for a walk, go read a book, go play a game, do something that you enjoy. You know, don't, don't, you know, lose your mind over, you know, something crazy you know, don't do something irresponsible, but do something that you enjoy, and take a moment every single day to enjoy part of that day. It's a great discipline. Maybe it's just a couple of minutes. Maybe it's just when you take your break at work, um, you maybe for some of you it's just take a break because I know that a lot of you don't. I know the law tells you you have to take a break and your employer has to give you a break, but I know that a lot of us don't. You know, if you if you're not on the clock, you know, working by the hour, you just push through. That's how a lot of us are. But you know what? Go outside. Go for a walk. Uh, Go sit somewhere, go do something that just gives you a moment, a moment to pray, a moment to meditate, a moment to give thanks, uh, a moment to just gather your thoughts and say, you know what, this moment right now is really good. I promise you, it makes your day better. It draws you closer to the Lord. It's, It's something that really helps you get into life and enjoying the life that you've been given. And it's a wonderful thing to be able to do that. It is a wonderful thing to every day say, God, I'm glad I'm here. Nothing is promised to you. Nothing is something that is a guarantee other than salvation through Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the promise. And because of that, whatever rough things you go through, if you believe that, well, you've got eternity that you're going to enjoy. That's coming. You can look forward to that one day. And in the meantime, don't let what you can't change or what you can't control ruin the joy that you can have today, this very day. All right, when we come back, talk about a couple of things next hour. We'll talk about uh, some weird stuff going on at Stanford Law and uh, the Oscars. Maybe you saw some things in there that were actually encouraging this time around. We'll get to that when we come back as the Monday edition of Southern California Live continues. Stay tuned